This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? This is the interns back for another Dogman breakdown this week. Washington is headed down to Palo Alto, California, heading down to the library as we know it. But um, coming off a disappointing win against, I mean, even you get a win, you're you're eight and zero in the win column or seven and zero in the win column. That's obviously means something, but it wasn't the game that we all thought we were going to see on Saturday, right, Luke? No, which is crazy. Maybe we that's maybe Husky Nation's fault. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you see anything else coming at this point against Arizona State? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way that I have kind of just learned to cope with it is sometimes you get away with murder and the Huskies, that's what happened on Saturday. Right? <laughs> yeah, they for an offense, obviously, that has certainly had its accolades over the last year, two year to two years, with being able to move down the ball, move the ball downfield fast. Obviously, Michael Penix is at the top of the Heisman race. You know, you have a wide receiver who's going to be a first round pick, and all these weapons. They could not do anything against Arizona State, and I think it started up front on the offensive line. Is that pretty fair to say? Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is maybe hand up I have not gone and I was there I've not gone and rewatched the game I don't know that I ever will make it to do that. <laughs> but um There's only one play about worth rewatching that game yeah and I've rewatched that one a few times but anyways uh yeah and it certainly felt like Michael Penix was certainly uncomfortable um he obviously took a gigantic shot on the targeting call um and otherwise was getting balls batted down at the line of scrimmage and it, it to me I mean from my vantage point it didn't seem like it was something where Michael was just releasing it too low or it was coming out too low. Like it's hard to get it over people when you have people in yeah. your face. Right. And also so too, that's what it seemed like. Of, yeah. And, um, I was going to yeah. say the health of Michael too was in question. I know a lot of people were kind of coming up after the game, Ryan Grubb and his press conference even mentioned that, you know, Mike wasn't feeling too well. Totally. And I've been hearing things too, that he is, he, he dealt with the flu during the game. Uh, so that could have been part of it, but it's just a weird game. Yeah. Pac 12 after dark, you know, Arizona State off a bye. Obviously, they have connections to the Oregon coaching staff who they just played a week prior. And also, this is just kind of weird too with the way some of the way the game went. I couldn't help but think, especially now knowing the information we have, I was just like, hmm, I wonder if Oregon was, you know, or Arizona State was getting any signage leakage or sign leakage. Oh, some like some tips from. <laughs> yeah, maybe Connor Stallions was in the stands last game. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, gosh, the, the one other thing that I think about with this offense is it, it's a very rhythmic offense. You know, I feel like and they just never I feel like Washington's at its best. I mean, this is obviously a ridiculous example but like the two play 53 yard touchdown drive against Oregon like 
that's obviously they don't score in two plays every time. But this Washington offense is at its best when it's just like like people are backpedaling, right? Because yeah. like there's a 15-yard gain across the middle, Dylan Johnson for seven, like another 25-yard gain. And all of a sudden, the Huskies are in the red zone, three plays, right? And then defenses in Arizona State, to their credit, never let Washington do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Washington now has to go and play the other team that is maybe arguably, I'd say you could put Arizona State and Stanford in kind of their own kind of tier for arguably the worst team in the Pac-12. Washington yeah. will have to go and play the second team in that group this weekend. Uh, like you said, down at the farm where I, I think I saw this, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, that obviously Jimmy Lake won in the farm and that the, the next coach, next most recent coach to have won in the farm is Tyrone Willingham. Is that true? Did I see that properly? It's, I've I I thought it was late to like at the, that time period. I don't I don't know who the coach was, but I think you might be right with Tyrone Willingham in his first season. Nevertheless, um, this is another place where the Huskies have struggled. Jack, back to back trap games, get right game. What's your read on this? Yeah, I think it's a get right game for Washington. I mean, I the the way I look at it is it too. It's like obviously. Washington has struggled with Stanford's, you know, mightily, like we just mentioned in the past. But the thing is, it's against, like you, like you said as well, it's against that other team in the Arizona State. I don't think you're going to fumble twice against the two worst teams in the conference and have back-to-back, you know, goose eggs in in halves and whatnot. I think Washington gets right here. I just think offensively, Washington is going to really have a little fire in their belly this time. You know, obviously it's a opponent that it's so easy to skip ahead and go to USC, but I think they, I think they want to make some magic happen here on offense. Uh, but in Stanford's roster too, they're just not as talented. Had a lot of guys enter the portal. They have guys here and there who were able to do something, but it's nothing that, you know, Washington can't handle and they've struggled every single game. I although last weekend they pulled off that miraculous come, come from behind win in Boulder. Yeah, that was obviously a super interesting game. I guess we can just start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Stanford, obviously, I don't know. They've had some interesting games. I think they have demonstrated an ability to score. I think I associate Troy Taylor with offense, obviously, because I associate Troy Taylor with Jake Browning. Um, But nevertheless, I think of him as an offensive-minded guy. He, in their first game, as a head coach at the FBS level led Stanford to a 37 point performance and a win over Hawaii. They scored, was it 43, 49? What was it again? Against Colorado um, in the second half and a couple of overtimes as well um, to come back from behind against Colorado. But this is a team that also in two of their last three games has scored a combined 13 against Oregon and UCLA. So, and given those are two of the better defenses in the conference, I think um, there's a certain, I don't know. I mean, I think against stiff competition, the Stanford team can struggle to to score. Yeah. And, you know, they're going up against Washington's defense, obviously isn't in that same, you wouldn't categorize them in the same boat as UCLA and Utah, but they have held their own as far as points go. And they're 23rd in the nation in um, points per game. And so I think, you know, when kind of like you said, you know, looking at the Stanford offense, 
they have a couple guys here and there who are who are good, but I think what most people think about when they think of a good Stanford team is being physical up front and on the yeah. offensive line, and that's just something that they don't really have this year. They they don't have any of those studs, you know. They don't have a Foster yeah. Sorrell or a Garnett or you know anyone like that. Um, so that's where they really struggled. EJ Smith's a great back. Uh, he's he is rushing though for he's rushing for five yards a carry, which is definitely not bad at all. But it's just not, it just doesn't feel like the same Stanford teams that we've seen. You know, they have a big tight end in Benjamin Yorsek. He's a great target for them. But, but overall, they just, they just aren't the same Stanford team. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we're, we're going to start on the line, you need to give credit to Levi Rogers, a Woodenville High School yeah. product. Of course. He's their one returning starter on the line and is probably their best asset on the line. They have a true freshman starting and Ivy League transfer starting as well. Um, and they have, forfeited i think is it 23 sacks in seven games or something like that so that's something for washington fans to keep an eye on um benjamin yorisek like you mentioned he and then elik uh iomenor who got a lot of, <laughs> i'd say publicity in that colorado game when he yeah he went crazy in that. His stats, if you're looking at stats his stats are very deceiving because of that game because of that game but even if you were to take that game away he would be by far their leading receiver in both yards yeah. and receptions so he's a guy they're going to go to quite a bit. Urasek is kind of week to week right now. And I think if they don't have him, that could be an issue for Stanford throwing the ball. Uh, then you mentioned EJ Smith. Uh, I think Casey Filkins is another guy. Husky fans will remember him probably because he had 129 total yards against the Huskies last year. He's a solid back. They'll actually kind of rotate a bunch they, of guys. They get in. even carries pretty much. Yeah, pretty even carries. Four guys deep. Um, so th- they have, I would say some, some horses in the stable. Um, but I think Washington to their credit, like obviously Becky Irving and Jordan James ran, for, ran pretty well against them, but Washington, I, I think has done solid against some good backs this year. I, I think Washington would be, especially with Eurosec potentially not playing. Um, we can also get to their quarterback situation in a second, but I think well, defensively the Huskies will, I mean, I think keying in on stopping that run game yeah. enforcing them behind the sticks and then potentially depleted receiving core. Uh, and then kind of a shaky quarterback situation for Stanford to beat what's been an awesome Husky secondary, by the way, through the air. Yeah. And I think kind of, like you said, the health of Benjamin, your sex really important. They're also missing John Humphreys, who was yeah, the end point. of the year. He was their star wide receiver. He was supposed to be their guy offensively. He's just a guy who could just go up, Six five, go pinpoint the ball. They don't have him. He hasn't played a game since week two. So those are two, two massive weapons. One in question, the other not playing. Um, mm-hmm. Tiger Bachmeyer if, 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 is a is a guy who they he he's kind of their Swiss ar- Army knife. I think Mish Powell is going to be assigned to him, uh, and I, he's he's a guy who can he'll you use him in the you know bunch of different plays. A um, lot of those a lot of those t- wide receiver screens. Mm-hmm. He's the brother of Hank Bachmeyer, you know from. College football sickos know that name. He was a former Boise State quarterback. I don't know where he is now. I think he's at like FAU or you know somewhere. I think you're right. I think he's at F- something like that. He's he's down he's down in Florida, it's down in the south somewhere now. But yeah. anyway, that's a familiar name. And your quarterback situation is ve- is very interesting. They do a number of they've done a number of different things with their quarterbacks. But Ashton Daniels is the guy when throwing yeah. the ball. And this is kind of too, not to get off on a too big of tangent, but I think Washington is very prepared 
for this kind of quarterback running back situation. It reminds me a lot of Michigan State, Cal, you know, where you're you have a you have a great running back or two, but your quarterback is just not necessarily making the plays that I guess a normal Pac-12 quarterback this year especially will make. Certainly. Yeah, Ashton Daniels has started the last two games. Uh, Justin Lamson is the other guy. They've both started multiple games. They all have a near even split in snaps this year, and they've each played in every game, which I think is super interesting. Yeah, exactly. Daniels has really heavily outsnapped in the last two games. He's more of he's more prototypical, I would say, than Lamson. Um, like, and his passing numbers are quite a bit better. Um, and like you said, he I, I think he's got some options around him. Uh, Bachmeyer, I think is an interesting guy. Husky fans listening to this should go and look up Tiger Bachmeyer on, uh, Stanford's website, like just in an awesome way. Like if you read his bio, it's like the most Stanford bio ever. It's awesome. Plays multiple instruments. He acted in a Super Bowl commercial. He what? started in an acapella high, like club in high school. He, he enjoys playing guitar, harmonica, piano, drawing, modeling, acting, flying airplanes, singing, riding horses, and breakdancing. And he's pretty good at football too. And he's majoring <laughs> in computer science to top it all off. Yeah. Yeah. So um, impressive in that regard. So I wanted to give him a shout out here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think all that to say, wrapping up the Stanford offense, I think Washington uh, probably has the edge in the trenches. I think there are some solid playmakers in the backfield, but if Washington is able to win up front, they might be able to limit that. And then receiving core, there's some solid options, but I do think Washington's secondary has played very well. And then potentially Benjamin Yurasek not being ready to go. I, I think uh, like, obviously Stanford's shown definitely signs of life and a lot of fight in the games that they've played, but I don't see this Stanford team scoring no. on the Huskies. And those are the types of Stanford teams too, that would really, really destroy Washington in the past where they're just out physicaling you at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball playing at their pace. And I don't, I just, that's just not the Stanford team that this year, mm-hmm. they don't do that too well. And that's where I expect Washington to really uh, be able to, I get not necessarily like make them pay, but I think where they can turn, like turn the tide. And I guess what, what the historical, you know, what, what this re- recency has been, um, Certainly. especially yeah. I think in Washington, I like kind of like we mentioned, I think there's a lot of motivation on this offensive line. I think they feel a lot of heat for what happened last game. And for sure, especially especially if Stanford tries to blitz too, I think, I think they'll be ready for, to counter out that. Absolutely. Now switching then, like you mentioned to the Stanford defensive side of the ball, this has been an area of, uh, I would say this hasn't been the strongest side of, this has been the weaker side of the ball for Stanford this year. They've struggled on the defensive end. I think they're 129th in scoring defense right now in FBS. Um, and which is why I kind of circle this is a potential get right game for the Washington Eskies after a tough performance against ASU. Yeah, defensively, there's two guys though I really like um on this team. David Bailey, he's an yes. edge rusher. Both of them are edge rushers, and Bailey is a monster. He's got five sacks on the season. That honestly, he's just like probably the only like if you had to highlight as much as you could, he's probably one of the only guys you can highlight on this defense that's done anything right. One of the lone positives, he is a monster coming off the edge. And I think I'm really excited to see how Troy and Ro- and Roger each uh yeah, you know, each, each match up to against him because he's he's a very tough, 
very tough stop. Five sacks in what seven, eight games is mm-hmm. very impressive. And Tavor Tafiti, a lot of Husky fans might make or a lot, a lot of them uh obviously know that name. He was a once Washington lean um for his services. He's not doesn't have the stats to back it up, but he's very explosive off the edge, really holds his own. And he's a guy who's really really pops on film. And he's gonna be a he's gonna be a dude for sure um down there in in the farm uh no question but you know outside of that kind of they just don't have that much talent especially um in that front seven there you know i think teams that that's where i see when watching them it's like you know the cornerbacks actually aren't too aren't that bad it's just when you have so much time to throw you're gonna get beat at some point certainly yeah i mean i was gonna say even to your point david bailey has been super effective um and Tafiti, I think, is an up-and-coming, I guess, impact player coming off the edge. But in general, not a lot of production out of the front seven right now. According to PFF, Stanford has the worst pass rush in the Pac-12. Um, and then they also have not been great against the run. They're giving up four and a half yards to carry, 150 a game. Um, you'd mentioned that it's not kind of the Stanford offensive line of times in the past. I would say similarly on the defensive side, they don't have that kind of Harrison Phillips type guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought this was super interesting. They have two interior defensive linemen listed as starters on their depth chart, and both are sub 300 pounds, which doesn't feel very Stanford-y. You know what no, I mean? No, <laughs> no. They, they've always just controlled the line of scrimmage, dominated you, slowed the game down. Yeah. And the thing is, when you're playing, especially teams that are bigger than you, it's harder to slow the game down. Certainly. Yeah. Stanford secondary hasn't, I, I wouldn't say that the production has been super great. I mean, they're, they're giving up 316 yards a game, nearly three touchdowns a game, allowing nearly 70% of passes to be completed against them. One thing I would say that is Stanford like is they're pretty long featuring four of their five starters at six feet or longer. Yeah. Uh, Zarin Manley is a corner that's six two. I think it'd be fun to see him just physically line up against guys like Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk. Um, but this is another area where I think, like you'd mentioned, I think the Huskies will be able to give Michael Penix more time than he had last week. And this is an area that I think the Huskies could capitalize. Yeah, I don't think their unit is actually like that bad of a unit. I just think they mm-hmm. just are getting literally they're backpacking the front seven to where you're having to just hold on for D life. And that's why, too, they have such big gains. You know, there's going to be so many coverage breakdowns when you're totally not able to apply pressure. They really have one, two guys really who can apply pressure. Outside of that, it's it's a it's a it's definitely a tough go for the unit. Certainly. Yep. So Stanford giving up nearly 37 a game on defense. Washington didn't score an offensive touchdown last week. I think Washington will look to get right on the offensive side of the ball there. Yeah. We didn't cover. I I think it's gonna be close. I think it could end up being something similar to Cal, depending on not necessarily to like that extent where they score a ton, but you know, the backdoor cover or something like that happening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Heading in, I think heading into uh, uh, confidence intervals, we'll do that first. Luke, what are you, what are you sitting at for this game? Yeah, and we'll, we also need to pick the pack at some point. Oh, yeah, that we'll top it off with that. Don't worry. Okay, we'll top it off. Good, good. Um, confidence interval, I might go just nine, dude. I, I, I think that's maybe a little arrogant, but in the Huskies have had some struggles on the farm, but I really think that there will be sort of a new a fire in the belly of the Washington Huskies. I think I, I expect Jalen McMillan to play. It sounds like he's very close. Northern California, I think he'll want to play, right? Being back kind of near his home of Fresno. So I think that adds some, some firepower to the Husky offense. And given that I think Washington will get back to their point scoring ways, I just don't think the Stanford offense can keep up. So uh, yes, I would say nine. Jack? I'm, I'm with you in the same boat. I think I'm I'm, I'm a nine as well. I just think Washington, it, it's – not I, to cover is tough, of course, but I think it's just a get right game where they win. And I think they win comfortably just because I don't think you do, do the same thing to the two worst teams in the conference back to back weeks. I just don't see that happening. No. Um, awesome. Bet yeah, to bark. Bet, yeah. Bet to bark. Last week, we were right on the money with Mish Powell. I know. I'm so mad still that you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, I'll let you go first. Gosh. Well, I'm going to start on the defensive end. I'm going to go Braylon Trice. Um, I think obviously he's been an impact maker in every game. I don't think he has as many sacks as he personally would like to have in the stat sheet to this point in the season. Stanford's offensive line, I I don't think is physical enough to prevent Braylon Trice from making some plays in the backfield. Um, I think, I think he could have multiple tackles for loss, a sack, a sack and a half. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's a really good, um, very good call out. And I was going to go a similar route too, but I think that, that be, I think they're going to recognize that and they're going to try and get the ball out quick. So I'm going to say Jabbar Muhammad. I think he ends up, I think he has an interception on the day just because he's going to play lockdown, I think, or try yeah. to really try and shadow their best receiver. Um, and I think they, they try to target him a lot. And so yeah. because of that, I think he ends up with a pick, uh, just a bad throw. Um, yeah. And offensively, um, it's tough because you know you really don't know which way they're going to go. But I'm going to say Dylan Johnson. I just think I just think they try and out physical Stanford, and it's going to be one of those games too. I think where they just try and get in and get out. Yeah, and I think I might break the rules a little bit here, but for my bet to bark on the offensive side, I might go the Husky offensive line. <laughs> no, I think that's a good one. They under under recognized group. Yeah, so what I was going to say, and if there's a team that needs a get-right game, it's that group. I think yes. they've probably um, heard quite a bit about their performance the week before. And I think they have an opportunity to capitalize on a defense that isn't graded super highly in pass rush by PFF, is giving up over four yards a carry. So I think the Huskies will be paving paths for Dylan Johnson. I think Michael Penix will keep his jersey clean. 
And I think that the, uh, the, I mean, I guess they rotate bodies in. So the six or seven guys in the trenches there that'll be rotating in and out for the dogs will be to thank. Yep. I'm right with you there. So now I think we're going to be picking the pack here. First game up, the Buffs travel to the Rose Bowl to take on the Bruins for what should probably be an entertaining game, honestly. Um, it's Colorado on ABC, so I guess yeah. everyone's tuning in. Who, who you got there? <laughs> um, look, I feel bad. I, like, I think there will be entertainment value, but in terms of quality of game, I don't think it's going to be that good of a game, and I've got yeah, that, that, that was. <laughs> That's what I was gonna. Say. I was gonna lead up to that, like just be like, yeah, not. Nah. You, I think, I think we both have UCLA pulling away there for sure. I mean, I think that offensive line against Liatu Latu and the Murphys, scary, scary, scary situation. <laughs> yes, very scary. Uh, all right, heading up, heading up, uh, northern in the state of California, USC. They're on a two game skid. They got Cal. Gosh, dude, <laughs> I I really want to pick Cal in this one to kind of troll, but. I don't think so. Um, though, yeah, I'll I'll go USC. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I just I just don't think Cal's defense has been incredibly awful this yes, year. Yes, bad. And I think USC is no good by any means right now. But they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't stop me they couldn't stop me and you if we were lined up on the other <laughs> side. I was gonna say I'll just say it now. The thing that I'd be afraid of with USC is. Like, I think if, if things don't go well this Saturday, I don't think they're quite there yet. But if things go bad this Saturday, they might be on quit watch. <laughs> you know? yes. Yeah, especially Washington, the Washington game. That's a that's a cool, cool, cool. That's a potential quit watch game. Yeah, but it's on national television primetime slot, so you never know. Yeah. But um, we both got the Trojans there now heading down to the desert. Wazoo heading into. Uh, Phoenix, Tempe area to take on the Sun yeah. Devils. I'm an, I'm gonna go with the Cougs there. I think I think it could be a similar game to what we saw last week, but Arizona just has no offense whatsoever. Arizona yeah, Arizona Arizona State has no offense whatsoever. I just think that man, I just don't know how they're gonna score. I think Wazoo has a definitely a another. They're on a skid as well. I don't see them scoring that much, but I I I don't know how you lose to that Arizona State. Even though we almost just did, yeah. that, that offense just can't score, man. No. So I, in this, a little preview of Lukey's locks, I've got a two-for-one special in this one. I'm laying the points with the Cougs, and give me the under in that one. I could see that one being like 24-10. You know? <laughs> it could be like 17-7, too. Yeah, I like, do think I think Arizona State is feisty on defense. I, like, yeah, they I, are. Ex- yes, um, I think we're in agreement there. Yes, so I don't see fifty-one points in that game. <laughs> but, so we got a great. This is actually an awesome Pac-12 after dark game. Oregon State heading into the Arizona Zoo. So sick. This is a great game. I'm curious to what you what you pick here, dude. Man, I really. Gosh, I'm gonna go with the better quarterback and take the Arizona Wildcats <laughs> now in the desert. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. It's a very <laughs> I just think dude we like we both went there and that place is just a weird atmosphere, man. Like it is a weird place. And Oregon State also on the road is just not that great as they are at home. I'm gonna go with Arizona as well. I think they surprise people. They've been on a they've been on a heater. They have been They're on a heater. Long. And they they have have they had a buy? I don't think they, that was their buy last week, correct? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think Arizona gets him. I think Jonathan Smith does a great head coach. And then finally, the mother of Pac-12 games this week, the Ducks head down to Utah to take on the Utes. And this is just a crazy matchup. But uh, Pac-12, this is when Pac-12 season's getting crazy already. But it is getting um, crazy. Who do you who, who do you think there? Big game, huge game. Um, really hard to take emotions out of this one for me. Um, I will say another preview of the locks. I'll take the, I'll take Utah with the six and a half points. I think it'll be super close. But you think Oregon's going to win? I do think Oregon's going to win. Yeah, I think Oregon's going to win as well. Dang, we went we went matchy matchy. <laughs> we can do we can do the spread. I'll think Oregon covers the spread. You do, yeah. Not really, but I'll just we'll just call it right? <laughs> tiebreaker. Yeah, that that'll be the tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to pick like Duke Louisville, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick like a Sun Belt or QSA game or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna pick winner of Troy and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the points with Oregon. I guess it just—I don't like saying that, but I, we'll we'll throw in that to make it different. Yeah. Gosh, I do think it'll be interesting that game. Uh yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's tough to play in Rice Eccles for sure. I do think on a neutral field though that Oregon is a better team for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think that's any that's not groundbreaking. So, <laughs> but that's. I, I agree. I'm fully with you there. Um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, we both, not only that game, we, we both like Washington's chances of going down to Stanford this week should be a get right team for a team that really yeah. struggled last week before they have a monster showdown in Los Angeles. Um, any, any final thoughts there, Lukey? No, I think, I think the Huskies will be, when I say get right game though, I feel like, that's trappy-ish language. I think they'll take it very seriously. What I mean is that I, I can really picture Washington coming out on fire. Like you said, in a way similar to that Cal game, I'm not predicting two like touchdowns scored before Michael Penix touches the ball. But I do think like I think it's going to be important for the Huskies is when they have their first offensive possession, they will want to march down and score quickly and then feel like they have their swagger back. So I'm excited to see that, um, and I think that the Huskies are positioned well to get out of town with a comfortable victory. Yep, I, I agree, too. I think I'm in the same boat. Um, big game for the offensive line to see what they can do. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Washington here. Obviously, pregame content, all of that, dogman.com has got you covered, so don't be afraid to go check it out, all the good. A lot of good stuff happening on the boards right now, especially as basketball season kicks up. Portal season's near everything, Dogman's that got you covered. But for now, we are out week eight or week nine college football. Dogs looking to get eight and no down on the farm. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+. Plus. 
official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.